Well, good afternoon and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. I welcome every dad, every daughter, even every son to this conversation. And you know by now that my desire as The Dad Whisperer, which is something that somebody else gave to me, I didn't come up with that title, but it's it's to be whispering to you as dads, not shouting, because as my friend Wayne said, we wouldn't listen to you if you did. So thank you again for taking the time to listen in today. And you know by now that I care about the relationships that you dads have with your daughters and your sons, even though I'm more of an expert with daughters than dads, and equipping you as dads to have more tools in your fathering toolbox to relate more effectively. So today on The Dad Whisperer, we're going to be using a template that you know by now stays the same every month on your mark, get set, go, which means on your mark, you're all lined up, ready to run a race. I'm your coach. You're looking at me and that's the topic. So today on your mark is, so what is a spiritual leader anyway? Then get set. I'm going to now fill that in with a few stories and stats and then go every week. You have an action step that you can take so that you can put your fathering goals into action. So this idea today about talking about what is a spiritual leader anyway, to me seems like something that here at the beginning of the year, in January of 2017, as we're looking ahead at the year ahead, I don't know if you guys make New Year's resolutions, but they're really not my thing. I'm telling you, I, I often have gone for the word of the year, like having my word for the year, rather than setting goals that I don't keep. I know it's, it's part of my thing. Maybe you're like me where you say, I don't want to set myself up to fail. Why set them? But I will tell you that it's really fun for me to have a word that that comes to light and to life in the as the year plays out and to go back to what I journaled in January and see how God has brought that into my whole year. So last year, the, the word for me was change. And each letter of that word, all six, had a different meaning to them, like C stood for channel and N stood for no and E stood for edification and and it was really fun to think about setting that word into motion. And then here, mid-year, the dad whisperer, the conversation around this show started, and look at here I am. Uh, now, in 2017, having the privilege of being engaged in a conversation with you, dad. So there was a lot of change. So maybe that's more your thing, dads. I don't know. Come up with a word rather than a resolution. But this idea of being a spiritual leader may be something that you want to put into action as a goal for this coming year. So on your mark, let's start breaking it down. So if today feels a little bit overwhelming with information, I want you to know that I have free resources on my website that are going to explain all of this. I've got four different handouts, that PDFs that you can print off that talk about many of the things that I'll be saying fast, okay, in a condensed form today, so then you can have those right in front of you. So let me begin with a story, okay, on this idea of, so what is a spiritual leader anyway? So not too long ago, I had a dad in my office who, my counseling office, as you know by now, I've been doing counseling now for, this is my 20th year. So, and I work a lot with adolescents. I work a lot with you know, eating disorders, that's it's kind of, you know, really where my passion lies in these areas. And sometimes more intense kinds of trauma that have to do with sexual abuse and those kind of things. But I had this dad in my office who I'm going to call him Dave. 
uh, keeping confidentiality. I will I will kind of do a broad stroke there um, in keeping it vague. So imagine that you're Dave and you're here in my office. And the reason that you're here is because your teenage daughter is suicidal. So you knew very quickly when you when you heard about what she was dealing with that you were way in way over your head. You're lost and you're standing there going, I don't know what to do because your daughter not only didn't come with a playbook, but this chapter, even if it did, you know, even if there was a playbook, this chapter wouldn't have been in there. Is what do you do when your daughter is suicidal? So you're desperate to give her every resource, every benefit of working through this with your support and with any additional support you need. And that's why this dad was in my office. But here you are as a dad because you have a suicidal teenage daughter. You feel helpless and overwhelmed and you're fighting back thoughts and and probably even feelings of being a failure as a father because your daughter is in this intense place. And you're not sure how things got to this intense place so fast and you have no idea how to fix it. And if you're like most men I interact with in the ABBA project that I lead or conferences I speak at and interactions with dads, you don't like it when you don't know how to fix things, right? So here are Dave's exact words of what he said to me when he was opening up about what his daughter was going through. He said, my wife is a Christian with strong faith and has been trying to live a life that honors God. And she certainly hopes that all our children will follow Jesus Christ. Then he said, I'm also a Christian, but with little faith. Therefore, I could hardly become the head of the house, leading the whole family in pursuit of God. Isn't that powerful? That he's saying, I know my wife is better equipped to be a spiritual leader in our home than I am because I don't have a very big faith. Now, again, like I said, if you're like a lot of the dads that I've interacted with over the past seven years during what I call my travels to Mars, right? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You probably lack confidence when it comes to being a spiritual leader in your family. And I have found that it's not so much that you don't want to be leading, but I've seen two themes emerge in my observations of you guys as Martians, okay? One of them is I found that you automatically disqualify yourself because you see yourself as lacking either emotionally or verbally in ways that your daughters need. Maybe your sons, but because I'm a dad-daughter expert, that's where I'm focusing here in my conversations with you. So I learned from my friend, Dave Murrow, David Murrow, perhaps you've read some of his books, but one of them is called Why Men Hate Going to Church. How's that for a title that'll grab you? And he says that when it comes to praying or being the spiritual leader, Men do tend to see their wives as better at those things, and so they hold back. Uh. The second observation I have had about why men often don't step up to the plate when their wives, they think, could do a better job in spiritual leadership is because, and you've heard me say this, is I have found that men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. So then your lack of confidence in doing it right leads you to step back rather than step in in so that you're not confirmed in your belief that you might be a poor spiritual leader. So then if you never try, you'll never have to have anything confirmed that you're not competent, right? So here's the, here's the other subsection to this one about rather doing, you'd rather do nothing than do it wrong, 
is that I have found that men tend to be motivated by crisis or need. So just like Dave, his daughter got his attention and he knew there was a lot more going on with her than just the physical, emotional realm. And he brought up this issue about not being a good spiritual leader. So here's my question to you guys. If you had more practical tools in your fathering toolbox that equipped you to be a spiritual leader, because it was clear, it's attainable, it's proactive, and it's, it's attainable. Like I said, you can do it. You can say, I can move from here to here and see results. Would you be in? Because you know better than I do that a best defense, right? The best defense is a good offense. So that's why today I wanted to talk about this idea of what does it look like to be a spiritual leader? Because if you don't know what to do, I have found that men hold back. It's better not to do anything than to potentially do it wrong, right? Or, or confirm any kind of incompetence. But you, I got to tell you one more thing, you guys. I really have discovered and watched you is men would rather push past fear. They're willing to push past fear, discomfort, even awkwardness if it engages your heart. And that's where dads that I align with in the ABBA project tell me I am doing this kind of meeting once a month, gathering with other men, as awkward as that might seem. I don't know them at first because I love my daughters. So case in point, I saw a documentary a while back where men voluntarily attended this grueling military boot camp. So they weren't in the military, but they could do a week-long boot camp, and they would pay large sums of money to be pushed way past their limits. They'd be yelled at, extreme weather conditions. They'd be crawling on their belly in the mud, lifting heavy things, again, all while being screamed at. And they were asked at the end why they did it. What do you think they said? They said to prove that we could. Isn't that awesome? These men said, we want to prove that we can survive and thrive despite it being hard. So I'm saying, dads, when it comes to leading your family spiritually, I get that that task is daunting. But why not think of engaging in this grueling military spiritual boot camp the same as you would if there were physical challenges that you wanted to prove that you could do? So how about if today, rather than tuning me out, you say, okay, I'm going to listen to Dr. Michelle and just open up my heart, my mind, and maybe she'll give me a practical tool that one thing even that I could do with my kids this week to make a difference in their lives spiritually so that I can this year ahead step into some form of spiritual leadership that maybe I haven't done before. Maybe you are already stepping into those positions and maybe I'll give you a new idea. Let's see. And like I said earlier, if this is overwhelming or you're in the car and can't take notes, all of these are on my website, which is just drmichellewatson.com. And I've got all of these under free resources. So if you're just joining us today, welcome. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson, the dad whisperer. And you can go to my website. I just gave you the name, drmichelle.com excuse me, drmichellewatson.com. You're going to go, wait, we didn't get to the right place. She gave me the wrong name. I'm author of a book called Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And you can always go to my website and sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. You can email me at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. So let's keep this conversation going today. The title, which is on your mark, 
So what is a spiritual leader anyway? And now we're in the section called Get Set, where I'm filling in that concept with stats and stories. So there's a book by Mark Holman called Faith Begins at Home. And just because of time, I'm going to give you kind of the final thing. But this kind of the, the thing he summed up that really struck me is he interviewed, uh, excuse me, he, he cited an interview by Search Institute of 3,121 teenagers between 7th and 12th grade. And he asked them, who is your most significant religious influencer? And what do you think they said? Because here's what's interesting, you guys. Number one and number two were exactly the same in all six of those grades, right? They all said, number one, my most significant religious influencer was my mother. And number two is father. Youth leader was number 13. So a lot of you dads may say, you know what? I'm going to turn my kids over to the youth leader. I'm going to let that guy or that gal lead them spiritually. But here's what I want you to hear from that study that Search Institute did is that your kids are following your lead whether or not you think you're leading. Does that make sense? They are living their lives often by modeling, seeing what you've modeled. They're modeling their lives after your model because more is caught than taught. So dads, that's an important one to know. And I've asked different people. I've interviewed about 12 people, 10 men and two women on this idea of how do we, how do we engage men in a process of leading? And oh my goodness, you guys, I have had some of the most profound, interesting conversations. I want to share a couple of them with you real quick. One of them is with my pastor, Randy Remington, when I said, okay, Randy, I am speaking at a conference about re-engaging men in the church, and I engage men outside the church. You got to help me here. What do you think it is that keeps men from leading? And he said, we have to deal with the shame. He said, most men live with a certain degree of shame because they don't feel they're measuring up. They're not really walking with the Lord as they should. And every man's greatest fear is failure. He said that is what keeps them either overcompensating, like being loud and distracting, or they'll never try. Now, listen to what he said next. It's so good. And this is a man who not only has my deepest respect as a leader, but he has three sons. He gets what it's like to lead men. He says, at the heart of every man is this need to be courageous. Like we read in the story of Joshua, God told him to be strong and courageous, which means he wasn't. God was telling him he needed to be. And he said, if men knew that they were called, they would take the initiative in every area of their life, spiritually, romantically, and they would be shocked at how Jesus would meet them if they took that step. Isn't that good? Such a profound way of saying, men, we need you to step up. Even one of my friends, Melinda Kinsman, who's our children's pastor at church and She has 500 volunteers, 40% who are male. So I'm saying, okay, you know something about engaging men in stepping into positions of spiritual leadership. What do you think, Melinda, keeps men from stepping up? She said two things, fear, and then listen to what she said, of being discovered for who they really are. And she said a lot of times it's hidden behaviors, hidden sin. And number two reason that men don't step up is that they feel incompetent or out of control not feeling qualified. Now, if you're listening, dads, you're saying, I know, I know that. I don't feel qualified or competent. And that's why today on the Dad Whisper, I want to give you some practical ways that you can put action to your heart goal 
so that you can make a difference in the life of your kids long after you're even here on earth where they're going to say, I remember seeing my dad, you know, reading his Bible in the morning or my dad tried or my dad came to church and sat with us because we've all heard the statistics on it's something like 91 or 93 percent of kids don't go to church if just mom attends. But it's something like 93% go. I think that's what it is. 93% go if dad goes to church. I mean, that's really profound, isn't it? That you, dad, make a difference when you show up to places where God is honored and lauded and lifted up. And that's really what we're talking about today is how can you as a dad put your heart goals into action in leading your kids, whether or not you feel shame or incompetent or disqualified or inept or lacking confidence or competence. I want to tell you another quick story. Uh, My best friend is a missionary in the Czech Republic. Her name is Connie Patty, and her husband, Dave, um, raised two sons and a daughter. They're now all in adulthood, two of them married. And Caleb, their middle son, told me this story. When he was 22, he told me this story about how when he was a little kid, he said, I fell apart all the time. I'd sob on the floor. And he said, that was just me. I was really super duper emotional. And he said, I I just couldn't pull myself together a lot. But he said, my dad was determined to see the Lord strengthen me and for my inner man to be developed. That That was his words. That was how he said it, even at the age of four or five. And he said, one day after an exasperating episode, of unraveling, my dad sat me down and told me about something called, quote, tough. And he said the way he explained it, at least from what I can remember, is that it was a strength that I needed to get from my dad because he's a man and I'm still growing. And so he said, my dad told me, I'm going to give you some of my tough to help you overcome obstacles where you're falling apart. Is that awesome or what? You guys use this with your kids. So he said, I remember lighting up and being so excited that my dad was going to give me some of his magic strength that my dad told me could be mine because he would give it to me. And he said, so my dad put his arms on my, his hands on my, on the front and the back of my chest and made all these grunting noises like, I'm putting tough in you. And he said, I am not kidding you. I sat up straighter and I felt tougher because my dad gave me a dose of his tough. And I think, wow, do we have a culture of fathers who didn't have a dad like Dave Patty, who also had a dad, Dick Patty, who poured into them tough that you're maybe saying I'm at a deficit because my dad didn't model spiritual leadership to me. You're in the norm group, if that's your story. So I'm saying, what would happen if you said, okay, I didn't get the tough rubbed into me spiritually or in other ways, but I want to I wanna put the spiritual toughness into my kids and I'm going to grunt and groan my way through it till I get there. So I have interviewed daughters between the ages of 13 and 30, and I've asked them this question, what practical steps do you wish your dad would take to intentionally be the model or representation of God or a higher power or spirituality to you. Because I, I sometimes am interacting, as you can imagine, with girls that don't align with a certain theological belief or a faith system. And so I use those words like God or a higher power or spirituality because I want to be inclusive in this conversation, not exclusive. Listen to some of what these daughters, in their own words, said they wish their dads would do intentionally with them 
to model God to them. One girl said, one woman said, I like when my dad calls me to let me know he's thinking of me or praying for me. I really like praying together. I like when my dad initiates anything related to spirituality. Isn't that cool? She said, I like knowing that my dad is praying regularly and seeking God on his own. Okay, cool. She, another girl said, I like when my dad asks about my relationship with God. Okay, not every girl would be okay with that, but this one said that. Or encourages, or encourages me to pray. Now, you'll love this next sentence. She said, there's something about a dad telling you to pray or spend time with God. She said, it just hits you differently than if anyone else were to say the same thing. And it probably, I'm guessing, has to do with the fact that God is a father. And there's something about bridge building that way. Another daughter said, what I wish my dad would do to intentionally impact me spiritually is I wish my dad was more open and more interested in my spirituality and what I believe. I wish my father would talk more openly about his religious views because I can only draw conclusions from what I see because he doesn't talk to me. Another says, I wish we could get more one-on-one time to just talk things through, the questions I have, the emotions I have that I'm dealing with, and be intentional. Another daughter said, I wish my dad would try and understand. Another said, I don't know what I would change. He has been understanding and vulnerable, vulnerable with me about his own faith. Isn't that cool? Another said, I wish my dad would have spent more time praying with my brother and I when we were younger. I knew he loved us and prayed for us, but it would have been great if he would have created a regular routine together. Overall, my dad is amazing, and I'm so thankful that he is who he is. Another one said, I wish my dad would bring up the subject with me, asking about my spiritual heart. So do you guys hear? Surprise. Yep, might be surprising to you. The majority of daughters said, I wish my dad would talk to me more and bring this topic up. Okay, cool. So maybe now you're going, okay, I don't really know what to say. Okay, these are where my handouts on my website. I've got four of them under free resources at drmichellewatson.com. But let me just highlight a few ways that you can lead your daughter spiritually. Okay, one, because like I told you, more is caught than taught. Let her see you engaging in your own spiritual practices. Okay, but that's obvious. But like you just heard, a lot of daughters said, Pray with me and pray for me. So perhaps this week you could say, hun, or to your son, could I pray with you about that test you have tomorrow? You guys, say two sentences. It doesn't have to be long and rehearsed and profound or write it out ahead of time. Because the go step today is I want you to choose one of these things to put into action. So as I'm listing them now, see if any of these fit for you this week to step into a position as a spiritual leader. Tell your daughter or your son what God's doing in your life. Tell her about answers to prayer or write out a prayer in a note or a text or an email. Put your exact words. It can be one sentence. It can be two. It's going to be shorter most likely than your wife, and that's okay. Put it in writing. Sometimes a handwritten note carries a lot more weight, as you've heard me talk about before. Talked about that last month on the, on the show. Um, is Handwritten is really powerful. Share about, okay, you might not like this one, but about how God's convicting you. You could say, you know what? I've really felt God convicting me about the tone that I use in the home. Will you pray for me about that? See, you're kind of having accountability. 
Reveal your own questions, dads, about spiritual things. When your kids see that it's okay not to have all the answers, go discover together. Google things or get a concordance, go to a bookstore and look things up that you have questions about. And then as you heard one of the daughters say, ask her what she believes. Don't just talk her into what you believe. Ask her where she's at with her faith. Attend church with her or invite her to yours or sing songs with her or ask her about a spiritually significant time in her life or buy a book for her that you read maybe or him or read it together that has to do with a spiritual theme. Go to a concert with her by one of her favorite artists. Spend the money on the tickets. So I hope today, Dad, that that gives you practical ways when you're asking yourself, what is a spiritual leader anyway, that you know that I like giving you an action step each week that you can put into action between today and next week. And if today felt like, oh my word, that was a lot of things Michelle just suggested, they're all on my website, drmichellewatson.com. You can print them out, hang them up, reminding yourself, okay, I want to do at least one of those things this week, maybe one one of them every week this year and repeat them. Because dad's Spiritual leadership is more caught than taught, and your kids are longing for you to lead them. So today, you've heard stories and stats, you've heard from my heart, and I'd love to hear how things are going. Write me at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. You can go to my website and sign up for my bi-monthly dad-daughter blogs. You can buy my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. So let's keep the conversation going and go dads.